You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Dave Camlin for Reed Wilkins tonight. And I'll be here on Monday. Reed will be back on Tuesday. CFL tonight, 7-3 Argos over the Owls. They're into the second quarter of play at uh, Molson Stadium in Montreal. Uh, Blue Jays in action as the uh, Major League Baseball uh, season resumes after the All-Star break. The Jays with a 2-1 lead in the bottom of the fifth against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, 780-496-0063 is number to call or text talking about the uh, the woes of the Elks, who are 0-6 for the first time ever in the CFL. Last time they had that mark was uh, back in the uh, old WIFU in uh, 1938. Let's go to Brian first on the phone line. Hey, Brian, thanks for calling. Hey, Dave. Um, hey, how's it going? Yeah, not bad. Uh, was that the game last night? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they're, they're trying to be positive, and uh, there's definitely good things um, that are happening, and there seems to be some a little more consistency, I thought, on offense. Um from game to game, there's there's the kind of the mind-numbing, dumb plays that kind of change the course of the game, and there's usually two or three of them that make the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the interception, of course, that where where Cornelius could have either threw the ball a little earlier or or grounded the ball, but chose to yeah. try to make the play. Um, but I, I was going to talk, just mention the defense. I think it seems like our defense has been lagging uh, the last couple of games I noticed. And uh, they're playing, it looks like they're playing zone, uh, but there's a lot of, it seems like a lot of gaps. When, when, when you know, yeah. defense are playing well, especially during for pass, uh, it, you know, when they're playing well, you don't notice it because, you know, you, there's going to be a, a completion here and there. But, there seems to be a number of consecutive wide open guys in those zones, which is concerning. Um, and And I think Brian, if I just, just make a comment on that statement is uh, I think you're right. And I think a lot of that has to do with the young secondary. And I remember in game one, when they had Luchas Purefoy at safety and Ed Ganey at the uh, short corner, uh, Chris Jones was bringing out a lot of creativity with his blitz packages and how he deployed his defense. And then, you know, Ed Ganey gets hurt the next week against uh, against the Lions. And then uh, Luches Purefoy has to move down to Sam, linebacker, because Enoch McConzo was hurt. Actually, he was there because by choice against Ottawa. So they're not as experienced. Yeah. You got you know Mark McLaurin as your safety, and there's no experience back in that uh, secondary. So I think... Uh, you know, even though there's been a couple, three guys that have played well, they're you know you're only rushing three or four to protect them. I think. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, totally understood. I, which leads me kind of into my my question, uh, and I heard it on the post game show um, with Blake Dermott, uh that you know where is the leadership? Where's the core leadership on this team, and who's accountable, or or is there accountability in that dressing room? And that, that that's a good question because the team there's been so much uh, you know turnover in the last couple of years that who who is the core and are they holding the rest of the room accountable? 
Yeah, that's a good point. Brian, thanks for the call, and I'm concerned about the leadership as well. And I, I think there's a few leaders on six-game injured, which doesn't help, like Aaron Grimes and Eugene Lewis and Manny Arsenault and people like Tanner Green and Ed Ganey, and uh, that's not very helpful. And when you're in the field of play, you need someone to step up. That's why I was disappointed. I thought it was out of character with Niles Morgan uh, to take as many penalties as he took, and he was DQ'd for rough play at the end of the game, right at the end of the game. Uh, very uncharacteristic for Niles Morgan, but kind of is a reflection of how things are going right now uh, and the frustration that this team is feeling. Uh, Gary's next on the phone lines. Hey, Gary. Hi, Dave. There, there's several things that have accumulated that are causing the current problems. The first is on the board of directors, the top two, giving Jones a four-year contract and making him both the general manager and the coach. That's just not working, and part of that package is him bringing in the offensive coordinator, who, in my opinion, is still not good. He's not up to the league standards with the play call and the schemes and so that part of it uh, is, is on the board of directors the next problems come from Jones uh, $200,000 extension for the quarterback so $400,000 spent and honestly he's just not going to do it uh, the next part of that problem is they spent a ton of money on receivers, and that's okay, but if you mm. don't have a quarterback, that's a big problem. And then you get down to the why is there no real responsibility coming from the head coach that he will say, okay, that's not acceptable, and he's gone. That that has to be the way it's going. And and there's that this is just uh, the major problems that are there right now. It's it's so discouraging. It's just it's just really, really bad. And then you look at the offensive line, well, we spent all this money, quarterback, receivers, and they're not good enough. They are just not good enough. So hey, Gary. thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, let's play uh, some comments from Victor Kui, the president and CEO. An impromptu scum, a scrum uh, rolled out uh, or started last night. Uh, Dan Barnes of Post Media pretty much initiated the scrum. And, uh, you know, it's Victor himself that agreed to do this. And then the TSN cameras were rolling and then the global cameras were rolling. And uh, Victor Kui was asked point blank, is it time to make changes? That is always something that I think about. Good or bad, actually, because that's my job, right? I got to make those tough decisions. And it's also decisions that I, discussions that I've had with coach and our assistant coach, uh, um, assistant GM, sorry, with, with G Roy about look, let's be honest with ourselves. Let's put our egos aside and really understand what does it take to win? What are we going to do? I can say that has this reputation of maybe you know some people wrongly judge him as as having a big ego I'll tell you he wants to win and he's willing to do whatever it takes to win and it's not his ego that's in the way on this we've got a young team and there's all these reasons that we could say that why we're not winning but we got to win that's it we're, we're a performance driven organization and a performance driven business and our fans in Edmonton expect the wins I expect wins our coaches and our players expect wins and that's what we got to do. And Quay was asked, is any of 
Jones's three titles. So that is head coach, GM, and defensive coordinator in jeopardy right now. One of the challenges, you know, what maybe some people forget about our business also is that with a nine-team league, making dramatic changes in your football operations mid-season is very difficult because it's not like you can take from somebody else's organization, right? So you have to kind of balance where you are in the season and what, what kind of changes can you realistically do. I think um, the, the him multiple hats has helped us because we're working with less money with our salary cap because if you remember in 2021 when we made these massive changes in the organization we're still carrying that severance for multiple years so we're essentially working with half a million dollars less than every other team so that's that's the fact of our business how that impacts our operations multiple levels of the quality of people and coaches and all that kind of stuff that we can that we can hire all right and uh so there's been a lot of speculation, and, and Reed has brought this up uh, not too long ago. There was a story from Three Down Nation with Justin Dunk that said it's actually it's not a four-year deal for Chris Jones. It's a series of four one-year contracts with an opt-out clause that the club can opt out every year, and it would not go on the football operations cap. Now, further to that, it seems that if Victor Kui decided to get rid of Jones, that money would count on the cap now until the end of the season. So, you know where this is going, but I'll flush it out later. So, anyway, is Jones on a series of one-year contracts, or is it a four-year deal? He's on a four-year deal. Okay, so if you were to relieve him of any duties, all that money for the next two seasons would go against your cap again. Absolutely. Is that something that hamstrings you? Um, yeah, of course. That would hamstring any any business. I mean, you have those are the financial things that you have to think about. And particularly, see what's very unique, the strength and the weakness of us is the strength is we're a community-owned team, right? We're a registered not-for-profit. It's also our weakness because we're not privately owned. If, I, if, if so we own the business like in BC, we'd throw in another $2 million. You could bring in a major act and, and, and there's all those other things that you can do. We don't. We don't. We have a responsibility to the community. I've got to deliver uh, a sustainable business for the organization. So our business is a little bit different than some of the other opportunities if you're a multiple, um, a large corporation or privately owned. So the, the talk about Jones has to be moved. It's not happening. It's not happening. They still have Jamie Elizondo's contract and Brock Sunderland's contract when they were let go at the end of 2021. Chris Preston, the president, was let go too, but that, that does not count on the ops cap. I believe Jason Moss just came off at the end of last season. Noel Thorpe's contract came off. Uh, I think they were paying for Mike Benavidi's contract as well at one point. So now you heard what Victor said. $500,000 less than other teams. And, you know, here's what a former member of the E who had played for Jones and is close to the organization now, uh, we were texting, and this is what he said. He said, it's the cap that's messed him up. The desire to win is still there. He wants to win. He wants to make this work. But says the cap has messed him up because he's wearing three hats he saves the team money, but I really do think it's affecting his coaching. 
I was talking with guys yesterday. The attention to detail isn't there like it used to be. He's now putting more responsibility on his assistant coaches because he's stretched too thin. As a result, the players don't get the quality coaching they need because, quite frankly, there's guys on his coaching staff that shouldn't be there. So that's what this former player said who has played for Chris Jones. Okay, that's that's his thoughts on this. Um, why did the board hire Chris Jones? Well, because because of the ops cap, they couldn't hire a coach or GM. Remember, Wally Bono was a consultant with this team, and he picked other candidates. But I think the board of directors, led by Ian Murray at the time, said, we need one guy to do everything. And Wally said, if you want one guy to do multiple things, the one you should hire then is Chris Jones. Absolutely. Go ahead. And that's what happened. They're saving money because the football operations cap has limited them so so badly. I believe Chris Jones says the, the, the cap on uh, football operations is 21. They're 18. So they're going with three less people in personnel than other teams or most other teams. So, look, Chris Jones isn't getting fired today. He's not getting fired before the end of the season. And if you fire him, you need to hire a head coach. Now, they probably have a GM in place in G. Roy Simon. Then you need a defensive coordinator. No one on staff is going to be hired to do that. And then you can't hire anyone really to replace people. So that's not the solution. And if Victor Kui, what Victor Kui is saying is it's not a four-year uh, one, contract for four years, four one-year contracts. It's four years. So if we let him go at the end of the season, we're on the hook for two more years. So if you see what I'm saying here, it probably would make some sense to do it. Because I'll tell you, if, if it was before footballs, I don't know if Chris Jones is a head coach today. But because of that football operations cap, long. So Chris Jones has to find a way out of this. But again, the concern is he's stretched too thin and the quality of coaching staff and person and football operations is not good enough because simply the budget is so small because they have other, they have past coaches and GMs on their football operations cap that are limiting them. And I believe they come off at the end of this year, Sunderland and Elizondo's contract, so maybe that opens things up in 2024, but this is Highly frustrating. Jim is on the line. Hey, Jim, go ahead. Well, I just think, you know, obviously we don't have football-minded people behind this team for a while. Uh, we've got uh, a, an owner right now that uh, doesn't really know a lot about football. You've got an Well, he's not an owner. He's the president. President. He doesn't really know. You know, he was a kickboxing guy. He doesn't know a lot about football. You've got a, a, an offensive coordinator that sits up in the box there that was an offensive lineman in the United States. I think you need like a Buck Pierce or Jason Moss or Dickinson, somebody that understands a little bit of imagination with the offense. And, uh, you know, as far as this uh, kicker that we've got, I think Jones has got to decide pretty quickly that this guy isn't a kicker that you need that's going to salvage football games for you. So I don't like Jones his defense right now he's supposed to be the big guru on defense i don't see that happening and uh and as far as the quarterback's concerned uh, obviously we don't have a quarterback here it's pretty easy to understand with this league that you need a good quarterback we don't have one and uh, you can try trey ford or play around with this young diggy guy in that but uh, they've got to go outside now and find somebody that's going to be a quarterback or it's going to be like this for a long long time okay jim thank you very much for the call uh, agree with most of what Jim said. I mean, does the president have to be a football guy? No, he doesn't. If, is it a bonus? Yes. 
but he doesn't have to be a football guy. Okay. Uh, another former player uh, who played for Jones and is close to the organization said, Stephen McAdoo is, is a problem. And really the only reason that they won in 2015 or were successful in 2015 and even 2014 is because they had an elite quarterback named Michael Riley. So that's a concern as well. And I think in Saskatchewan, you know, they, their quarterbacks weren't, uh, you know, they had Darian Durant in the first year who, you know, struggled at times kind of on the downturn of his career. Then it was uh, Kevin Glenn, uh, Cody Fajardo before Cody Fajardo went to Winnipeg and uh, who else? Brandon bridge. That's the name. And then, uh, did I say Cody Fajardo? Zach Caleros, sorry. Zach Caleros is the name I was thinking of. Zach Caleros. Cody Fajardo was there in 19 and uh, had a good year under McAdoo. But uh, there is concern about the coordinator. But look, when your quarterback's inaccurate and you have receivers that drop footballs, um, you know, I, I think it's more than the coordinator. But the coordinator is a concern too. I do agree with that. 780-496-0063. Uh, back with more. We'll hear uh, from your texts. Or we'll have Kellen read some of your texts. And uh, if you want to call, we got some time before 7 o'clock. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Montreal Alouettes now with the lead late in the first half in Montreal as they uh, are hosting the Toronto Argos and a touchdown uh, from, uh, let's see here, uh, Tyler Schneed with the uh, with the uh, go-ahead touchdown and the Owls are up 10 to 7. Talking about the Elks here, 780-496-0063, the 0-6 start, the... Uh, a lot of people very upset, and I'm sure a lot of people upset on the text line, Kellen. Yes, sir, Dave. Uh, we'll start things off with a couple of quick hitters here. We got Roger texting in saying the coach, the coach slash coaching is questionable. That's from Roger. And Brian uh, hits us up and says they weren't bad last night, but keep shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, I think when the game was close, they weren't bad, but you're right. I mean, what did uh, Marcus Lewis say, who has been a bright spot on defense since he arrived? It's us versus us right now, So, which means we need to get out of our own way, which happens a lot in sports if uh, you keep beating yourself. Uh, the opponent's difficult enough. So, yeah, I, I, did, I do like that comment for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott texts in and says, Dave, remind us on how Edmonton found Cornelius. He seems to be quite lousy. What's going on in the scouting department? Well, uh, this was in the Brock Sunderland era, and when Jamie Elizondo was hired as head coach, uh, he had played, or uh, he was the offensive coordinator in the XFL. Uh, I can't remember which one, Tampa Bay, it might have been Tampa Bay, it was whatever team uh, was the head coach uh, run by, or when Mark Trespin was the head coach, and Cornelius was on that team, and uh, that's 
that's why. That's why he's here. That's why he got signed in the 2021 offseason. So uh, that's why. And honestly, he was signed because last year because Chris Jones didn't want to lose him back to the XFL. And at the time, there was something there with Cornelius. But right now, it's just, you know, he signed him to a 100-year guaranteed deal or part of the deal in year two was $100,000 guaranteed, which uh, was a pretty big risk, and it's not really working out well so far. Mm-hmm. And one more quick one before we go off into the news break here, Dave. Just a simple one in from an unknown texter saying, uh, lousy effort equals a lousy result. Yeah, I don't know if it's effort necessarily, but definitely not playing the game very smart or mature at times. And again, a lot of doubt, not enough, not enough belief. Next hour, we'll talk more football about the Canada Cup with uh, Darcy Park, coach of Team Alberta in the bronze medal game tomorrow against Ontario. And we'll talk about the Edmonton Stingers as well.